0: Yeah, hi, good morning, everyone. Welcome along to the middle of the week. It is Wednesday, the 19th of July, 2023. Daniel Pedigrew in the chair once again over the course of the next hour, broadcasting through SEN 1170 AM in Sydney, SENQ 693 AM in Brisbane, and SEN 1620 AM on the Gold Coast. As always, our phone number is 1300 01 1170. Or you can text 0457 736736 all before breakfast with Vossi and James Magnuson through SDN 1170 1170am in Sydney. Padden Hills along after 6am for listeners in Queensland. A big show today. Lots of news around Rugby League, Commonwealth Games, cricket. Matty Cox, good day to be talking to him. Host of Tradies News in a Nutshell in Melbourne will join me in about... 14 minutes to discuss, uh, precisely to discuss a lot of things happening in sport. Of course, we'll start with this Commonwealth Games story that came out yesterday. We'll talk to him, Paul Dennett, in about half an hour or so from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast as well to talk all things cricket as we look ahead to the fourth test beginning tonight at Old Trafford in Manchester with the series at 2-1. And I want to hear from you, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy or 0457-736-736. It's two past five Wednesday morning.
1: The hot topic,
0: thanks to Ream. Built tough for Aussie conditions. When it comes to water heating, ask your plumber
2: to install a Ream.
0: Accept nothing less than Australia's best and install a Ream, Australia's favourite hot water. All right, there is a lot to get through uh, this morning. Let's start with this Commonwealth Games story. And as I say, we'll talk to Matty Cox more about it. He will have more opinion about it, considering it was happening in his home state, but came through around about 9.30 yesterday morning, Victorian Premier Daniel Andrews saying they're pulling out of hosting the 2026 Commonwealth Games. Uh, it was going to be a regional games for the most part, as we know. Uh, the Commonwealth games, uh, Commonwealth games Australia do remain hopeful of reviving the cancelled 2026 event on home shore. As Chief Executive Craig Phillips slammed the state government's handling of the regional games cancellation as absolutely embarrassing. Um, As he declared he had full faith in the future of the Commonwealth Games, Phillips said he would work with the Commonwealth Games Federation to try and find another host in Australia to save the event in a few years' time. Uh, Phillips revealed that he only learned of the Victorian government's plans to withdraw from hosting the 2026 games early yesterday morning just hours ahead of its announcement. Uh, He also slammed the Victorian government uh, blowout as a gross exaggeration and not reflective, the stated cost, of the operational costs which had been presented to the Organising Committee board as recently as June. Um, So they're going to try and find a new host in Australia, but he did acknowledge the decision which he said threatened Melbourne and Victoria standing as the sporting capital of the world could make other cities more hesitant to host phillips does remain hopeful the event could stay on australian soil uh well we know the new south Wales premier chris minns the queensland premier anastasia palaszczuk for our listing areas have both said it's not going to happen chris minns was asked yesterday even if new south wales was begged to host it that wouldn't be happening Uh, anastasia palaszczuk basically said the same thing they've now, Queensland obviously have the 2032 Olympics, but no interest at this stage in holding the 2026 Commonwealth Games. I think Tasmania has said the same. So going to be really interesting to see what happens now. Um, your reaction to this story, as I say, we'll talk more about it with Matty Cox uh, in about 10 minutes' time. Uh, and the Commonwealth Games as a whole, and it's a really interesting one, the the model that Victoria were going to present... Um, Seemed like a good model. Seemed like maybe a model going forward for the Commonwealth Games because we like watching the Commonwealth Games. We had a lot of Commonwealth Games hosted here in Australia, but definitely doesn't rival the Olympics, and it does struggle at times. So maybe the future of the Commonwealth Games as a whole is potentially up in the air on the back of this decision. And would you have liked to have seen for listers in New South Wales and Queensland one three hundred oh one eleven seventy? Or 0457 736 736. Would you have liked to have seen New South Wales or Queensland come to the rescue? Would you like to see the Commonwealth Games being hosted in your city? one one 1170 or 0457 736 736. Would you like to see the Commonwealth Games being hosted in your city? Of course, Brisbane has the Olympics in 2032. Might have been able to have a bit of a dry run at it, but probably would have to get sub-stadiums, May. Yeah, it, it would be a lot in the next couple of years. What do you reckon? Uh, 0457 736 736. And do you think the Commonwealth Games has a future? Are you worried about what happens to the Commonwealth Games? You've got to feel sorry for the athletes. Basically, every sporting organisation that was going to be involved in the Commonwealth Games has come out and slammed this decision. Your thoughts? one 300 11 70 or 0457 736 736 at 6 past 5. At uh, Ropy League, the Eels, no surprise here, have suffered a major blow with powerhouse winger Micah Sivo, set to miss four games after he unsuccessfully tried to have his grade two careless high tackle charge reduced at the NRL judiciary last night. Sivo could have accepted a three game ban if he'd taken the early guilty plea, but the club chose to roll the dice with the winger facing a fine if they'd been able to have the charge downgraded. However, Uh, They found him guilty in the panel after just a 10-minute meeting, uh, which means he'll miss four games and a huge blow to Parramatta's top eight chances. The Eels currently seventh on 24 competition points. As we know, they travelled to Townsville this weekend to face a Cowboys side that will leapfrog them with a win. We also know Regan Campbell-Gillard, he pleaded guilty to a grade three dangerous contact charge. They will also see him miss four matches. Sivo said after it, I'm disappointed with the outcome. But I respect the decision. I look forward to helping my teammates when I return. I asked the question yesterday. I'll ask it again. The Eels have a horror month coming up. Um, They've got the Cowboys' Storm, two tough games. Dragons, not so much. Then the Broncos. Then I'm pretty sure they've also got the Roosters and the Panthers in their run home as well. It's a tricky run home. Can the Eels still make the finals? Yes or no, 0457 four five seven seven three six seven three six or 01 1170. Some big names coming back to the NRL this weekend for the Panthers. Nathan Cleary, along with all the other State of Origin players, make their return. And, gee, the Panthers are looking good. I know we've still got seven games left and a lot can happen, but they're, looking, they're my favourites at the moment to go for a three-peat. I think they can be beaten, but... It's going to take a very, very good team. Latrell Mitchell returns for South Sydney. South Sydney actually going on the road for the next five weeks. Now, a couple of them are their home games, but they're not playing in Sydney for the next five weeks. So really that you'd think will probably make or break their season. what happens over the next five weeks. And they get uh, some of their origin players back as well. Uh, The Sharks have made a few changes as well. Matt Moylan dropped. um, Telekai benched. He's interesting, isn't it? Uh, The Sharks, question marks on them. They play manly this weekend, but question marks on them after their most two recent performances against top eight teams against uh, the Warriors just the other day and then the Storm about five or six weeks ago. Uh, Your thoughts on that, Sharks? Can they recover from what we saw over the past few days? And finally, uh, before a break and before we speak to Mandy Cox, the cricket on tonight. Looking forward to this. You'll hear it across SEN. Todd Murphy has been dropped for the fourth Ashes Test, though, at Old Trafford, with Australia opting not to pick a strike spinner for the first time in over a decade. Now, Australia has unveiled its starting side for for the Manchester Test, with Cameron Green and Josh Hazelwood returning to the side. Mitchell Mitchell Marsh has retained his spot after last week's century, while Scott Boland also misses out. Uh, Alex Carey batting down to number eight. The last time Australia didn't select a strike spinner for a test match was in January 2012. So Todd Murphy out. David Warner, there was a bit of speculation uh, throughout the week, but I, I said yesterday I would have been surprised if he didn't keep his spot. Um, and he is there at the top of the order. Dave Warner, Usman Khawaja, Manus Lava Shane, Steve Smith, Travis Head, Mitch Marsh, Cameron Green, Alex Carey, Mitch Stark, Pat Cummins, and Josh Hazelwood. What about leaving Todd Murphy out? Who wins the fourth test? Is it going to be 3 1 or is it going to be 2 all? And you're happy with Dave Warner there. 0457 736 736 1 11 70 Would you like to see New South Wales or Queensland step in for the com games? Can the Eels still make the eight with that tough run home? Thoughts on the Australian Ashes squad as well or anything else you want to talk about in sport on this Wednesday morning, 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 70. It's bang on, 10 past five. Matty Cox in just a second from Melbourne. Text from Andy. He says, morning, Dan. Good on the Victorian government. Our pathetic government here in Queensland should do the same with the Olympic Games. Mm, Andy D in Brisbane. Interesting I know there has been that train of thought uh, re-the Olympics in a lot of cities. Uh, we might get back to that, or we might mention that with Maddie Cox. 2032 Olympics. So are you looking forward to it in Queensland, or are you with Andy? Uh, you'd like not to worry about it. 0457 736 5 Paul Dennett from the Cricket Unfiltered Podcast will be joining me shortly to preview the fourth test, but let's have a chat with Maddie Cox in Melbourne, host of Trade He's used in Melbourne. We got a party going-
1: now on SEN, <laughs> on SEN. It's, time it's time to trade towns.
2: To trade towns. Oh, that's uh, what happens when you don't mm, mark your audio properly yes, on the button bar, yes. Dan. good start, Matty. Good start. How are <laughs> oh, we? I hit the orange button instead of the black one. That's, that's what okay. happened then. That's all right. And regular listeners to SEN Breakfast will understand that music and uh, it was probably not more appropriate uh, considering that was the music that helped Tim Watson one morning uh, anyway, yeah. Uh, how are you, Dan? Uh, I am extremely well. How are you, Maddie? <laughs> uh, not great. After that, uh, that's okay. i me, lowered my it's, to, all uh, it's all good.
0: It's all good, It's all good. It's all good. People will forget about <laughs> it. Probably have already have <laughs> forgotten about it.
2: No, I'm waiting for it to appear on the Forty wing step text, and I... it'll probably come up during the brekkie Show.
0: Well, I'm sure it will. Well, let me know. I'll be worrying about you all day, Maddie. Um, <laughs> now, uh, something that hasn't been forgotten about. What on earth is going on with the Commonwealth games now came through, as you know, just after 9am and just before uh, you answer this, I'm interested in it because when the announcement came in, I think it was last year that uh, Victoria were going to host the 2026 Commonwealth games. I was actually hosting the overnight crowd um, and, it was the day that it was rumoured that it was going to happen and was announced within what days of that. And the overwhelming majority from listeners that were listing in Melbourne was that they were really looking forward to having it. So now it's gone. Talk us through it.
2: It was a bit of a shock when the speculation started to filter through at about 8.30, I think it was, mm. yesterday morning. We got wind of it here in the studios and then within the hour, the announcement was made and... Initially, we thought it was just going to be a, a, cons, a consolidation, so it would be brought into the Melbourne area, or mm. more events would be held in the metropolitan area, but from 9.30, we found out that wasn't to be the case, that the entire event was to be terminated. The contracts that had been signed to host the event have been teared up, that mm. the the rationale that's been provided, and most would, people would be aware given the, the news reports that have been circulating for the last almost 24 hours, is regarding cost. The, mm. the estimates were pushing up to around about $7 billion, somewhere between 6 and $7 billion, which was way over what the government had anticipated when they made the decision to send it to the regional areas. And if you remember this Commonwealth Games was essentially a rescued Games because the initial uh, location didn't want it either. So Mm. it creates a a massive question mark, not only for the Commonwealth Games going forward, but also Mm. for big sporting events that really are struggling to find their place in the modern landscape. And what I mean by that is an event that's probably a lot closer to you. France didn't want the World Cup in 2025. So that's another example of a cost situation. There's some other reasons associated with the reasons as to why they've pulled out from hosting that particular event. But Mm. it just, it's a worrying trend when you've got big countries or states making a decision not to host a big sporting event. What do we place? How much importance do we place in these sorts of events? And when it comes to the Rugby League
0: World Cup, which was announced, what, six, seven, eight weeks ago, maybe even longer, Uh, I don't know uh, how much that would have, France, But having been over in the UK for the back end of the Rugby League World Cup last year, and obviously having watched it uh, here, it costs a, a lot of money now. Clearly not the biggest World Cup uh, in the world. The Football World Cup, the Men's Football World Cup is that. Um, and of course, we've got the cricket, the Rugby Union, the Women's Football World Cup that begins tomorrow night as well. But yeah, it, it's it is a really interesting one. And then I'm getting texts on my text line this morning um, from listeners in Queensland uh, saying, uh, good on the Victorian government. Uh, the Queensland government should do it for the Olympics as well. Uh, now, I don't think that's going to happen, but it is interesting, that line of thinking, and the, the people texting me are not the only ones that have thought that along the way.
2: No, and I'm, I've just received a text here from Aaron on my text line saying that he's not really bothered as a spectator. I can't recall for years going out of my way to watch swimming or track and field. I wonder if Queensland will cancel the Olympics. So a similar sort of question posed as to why... but. I, the, the olympics for me are, 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 for some reason they're held on a higher pedestal yeah. and i think we know why because it's everyone is competing it's it's the mecca of sport if mm. you like if you're you're a complete purist but from a commonwealth games perspective for a number of years it's been on the nose every mm. every time it's come up there's been a conversation about where does it sit in the sporting calendar and the importance of it on the sporting calendar, when you consider now there's there's so much of a focus on world championships and investments into uh, World Cups and individual sports, mm. maybe preferencing those events rather than the Commonwealth Games themselves and, and, and considering who is able to compete and who's uh, who generally dominates the event, it almost does become... in a a sad way, meaningless, because some of the reaction down here yesterday, Mm. and no doubt it will continue today, is from the the sporting participants and those that are in administrative roles Mm. that are, are going, well, this was the opportunity for teams to really prepare for an Olympic Games or or mm. find new youth and be able to try them in high-pressured situations, which you could argue is, is the case in World Championships and World Cups. But it was another one of those opportunities. And on home soil, that opportunity... Now doesn't exist. And I think, Maddie, as well, when you talk
0: about world championships, I think the Commonwealth Games, uh, people tend to watch the swimming, the athletics more so in an Olympic Games, in a Commonwealth Games, for whatever reason. Uh, it just happens like that. And I think there is probably a bit of a big question mark now on the future of the Commonwealth Games as a thing in the future, just generally anywhere around the world. I do agree with you when it comes to the Olympics. Obviously, Sydney held the Olympics. Now, I was only 10 years of age when they held the Olympics, but I still remember the feeling around the city. Obviously, cost cost uh, Sydney a lot of money. And then I was over in the UK. I was living over in the UK in the lead-up to the 2012 Olympics in London. And, again, the feeling there was they loved it, but, again, cost them a lot of money. But the government governments know this when they uh, bid for Olympics and Commonwealth Games, but... Yeah, and you're right as well, Dan Andrews made mention yesterday it's that they had thought of maybe condensing the sports in the Commonwealth Games, but just not worth it. I, yeah, I agree with you. I think the reaction to it, uh, both positive and negative, has been really interesting.
2: And the other component to this was that it was supposed to showcase regional Victoria. And you, yeah. and you do feel for those areas that have already been, in the, since the announcement, so what is that, uh, just over 12 months mm-hmm. ago, 18 months ago, since the announcement all these local councils and local communities have been working hard to establish a foundation for Mm. this event which is still well was supposed to be three years away but there's already been a significant amount of groundwork that's gone in there's been commitment to funding various bits of infrastructure which the andrews government said yesterday they're still committed to delivering Portions of those and anything that was promised in in the planned host councils of Ballarat, Bendigo, Latrobe, Geelong and Shepparton are still anticipated Mm. to go ahead. So at least that's some sort of consolation prize. But it was was supposed to be the reinvigoration of Victoria, given that we've had the bushfires, floods down (laughs) here, particularly that have hit regional areas as it has up. Most of the the sea eastern seaboard mm. of the country, but it that was suppo- it was supposed to put them onto the big stage, and unfortunately now that opportunity doesn't exist. The one quote that sticks out for me too, just before we move on, Dan, mm. the Commonwealth Games Australia chief executive Craig mm. Phillips. This was one of his quotes yesterday. It's absolutely embarrassing. Mm. I would be very careful if I was an international sporting body coming and doing business with this state in the future, and that was the other mm. thread of this conversation. Does it jeopardise now Melbourne's and Victoria's stand as the sporting capital of the world? Yeah, well,
0: uh, I don't know. if uh, I think maybe in the short term, uh, but, uh, look, it, it's not a good look, but... I, uh, Look, it's a very hard one, isn't it? Because we're not behind closed doors knowing exactly what is going on. But, yeah, it's not a it's not a great look. Um, and now uh, I saw I saw that quote. And now uh, he's still trying to get the Commonwealth Games somewhere else in Australia. But most of the state premiers, definitely Chris Minns in New South Wales and Anastasia Palaszczuk in Queensland have said no. So it's going to be really interesting to see what happens because we just talked about the Rugby League World Cup. That hasn't found a new host for 2025. And the Commonwealth Games, obviously, on a bigger scale. So. Yeah, yeah, going to be really interesting to see what happens.
2: Yeah, you can add South Australia and Western Australia to that mm. list of not wanting it, even though I noticed Basil Zemplis was yeah, like a yes. big song and dance in Perth <laughs> yes. about hopefully obtaining the event. Speaking of events, yes. so your State of Origin series wrapped up last weekend. But I got a text, I think it was from John in Brisbane yesterday morning, about mm. some of the bigger clubs in the NRL wanting to change the structure of state of origin and whether that is again condensing it in the, into a shorter time frame in the middle of the season but it's a, a lockdown essentially the, mm. the nrl team uh, the nrl season is put on hold or whether it goes to the back end of the season like it was during COVID, can you put some more meat onto the bones for that for me? Uh, yeah, well, it is interesting because uh, there's
0: always been talk about it. There's more so, I reckon, over the past couple of years. Uh, now, this was the first year for a long time we'd had uh, Wednesday, 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 because there used to be State of Origin 2 used to be on a Sunday Uh, There's been talk about maybe we could move it to the end of the season. I don't think that works for a couple of reasons. We saw that during COVID out of necessity, but in a normal year, I don't think it works because you get players that are obviously quite tired from playing 30, 31 games because a lot of the players that feature in Origin will be playing in finals football, the vast majority of them. Uh, You get players pulling out and it also hurts international footy. So I don't think that's going to happen. Um, There's been a lot of ideas suggested, Uh, I Personally, I don't think it's going to change in the near future, but I wouldn't mind seeing it either over a three-week period where it is state of origin, you've got the men's state of origin, you have the women's state of origin playing three games, and then you've got some specific tests. Now, whether you do that over a three-week period or you still do it like we do at the moment where we have a week off for just uh, rep football, then go back to NRL for a couple of weeks, then another rep round, that could be the way to do it as well if you don't want to do it over three successive weeks. And I understand why maybe they wouldn't want to stop the NRL competition for those three successive weeks. But I think the thing that was very notable this year, and it has been over the past few years, is – Origin is the pinnacle. Everyone loves Origin. Still 75-odd thousand uh, there um, at a core stadium last Wednesday for what was, for all intents and purposes, a dead rubber. So a great crowd. But it does get in the way of the NRL competition. And this year in particular, the NRL competition is very close. It's very exciting. We're now going to see the back end of it end of it, with now um, the State of Origin series over and the run home to the finals. But... Matty, yeah, I think something has to be done because Origin is very special, but you've also got to protect the NRL competition as well. And how they work it, I don't think anything is going to be perfect, but I think there probably is a better way than what we're doing, uh, how we're doing it now with the way it affects teams week in, week out over a six, seven, eight week period.
2: And that's why I sit here scratching my head as just an observer of your code. It's Someone like Nathan Cleary, if we use him as the example, Mm. when he suffered that hamstring injury after State of Origin 1, or it might have even been during State of Origin 1, you'll be able to correct me. But but, but that that injury and and the focus at the time on the reporting suggesting that he was going to move heaven and earth to be able to play in the final match of State of Origin, I sit here thinking from an AFL point of view, the club wouldn't be allowing Mm. that they'd be wanting to make sure that he would be cherry ripe for September. Well, well, yes,
0: and especially when you're a club, I I guess it would be different if you've got a player um, where your club, and it doesn't often happen, but for an example, the New South Wales captain this year, James Odesco, he's at a, a Roosters club that everyone expected to be in the top eight, potentially the top four, potentially grand finalists. Unfortunately for their fans, they're sitting in 14th position. So he was yeah, rested... one of them. Uh, yes, thank you. He was rested uh, last week from the Roosters game uh, against the Storm um, and trying to rest it up for their run home to the finals to see if they could get into the finals. But usually... Uh, It's mainly top eight clubs. And you are right. Um, My first thought would be, okay, if I was uh, the coach of the club or whatever, uh, CEO, whatever, I'd be saying, well, I'm more interested to make sure that he is right for my club, not rushing him back to play state of origin um, and then potentially worsen that injury. Um, Yeah, it's odd over, over origin period. Again, it is the pinnacle of the game. It rates, it socks off, it's all of that. We get that. I just think there is probably a better way to do it. And it might be something they look at maybe once they introduce an 18th team in the next few years, Um, maybe the next TV contract uh, rights deal whenever that is up, because yeah, I think there is probably a better way to do it, but. Everyone has to come to the table. So, obviously, the clubs, the Origin, the, the New South Wales Rugby League, the QRL, maybe International Rugby League, and, of course, Channel 9, uh, if they're the ones that uh, have state of origin in the next TV rights deal as well. So, a lot of things have to happen, um, but I do think there's probably a way it could get a little better or a le- at least lesser, uh, have less of effect on the NRL competition.
2: Yeah. Speaking of season structures... Yes. You've got a question to pose at me.
0: Yeah, just a few minutes left. Maddie, this wild card round, which has sort of gone under the radar now after the Commonwealth Games uh, announcement yesterday, but I saw in the news yesterday morning that there was talk of introducing a wild card round in the AFL. So you have the top six, they get the week off, which the AFL does have anyway with the pre finals bye. And then you get seven play 10, I think it was, and eight play nine. Is this any chance of happening?
2: We'll find out today, I reckon, because okay. at the moment, all of the AFL CEOs are, are meeting here in Victoria um, yesterday and today to work their way through a whole host of agenda items that are facing the competition. And one of those is what they are calling the wild card mm. round. You could call it a playing round if you like. And essentially, it's piggybacking off the success that this style of structure has had in other sporting codes. From an AFL perspective, the argument's being made, well, this could be a way of fixing the inequity of the draw, considering that we don't play everyone twice and that there are some teams this year in particular that get the opportunity to play North Melbourne and West Coast multiple times, and that's the big percentage booster for them and gets them into finals. It'll keep the season alive for longer because it opens that opportunity for a 10th spot the argument against is that it compromises the integrity and the and the fact that the, the AFL season is structured to be a marathon your, your list management is structured that way to ensure that you set yourself up for the season and if you fail to make the top 8 well then that's not a pass mark so then there's some mm. saying that this just gives a greater opportunity for, for that I'm I'm on the fence with it it's going to be trialed this year in the VFL which is the second tier competition along the eastern seaboard. And as we saw with Gather Round, with these kind of initiatives, until we see it in the flesh, we don't know whether it will be a success or a failure. So I'm curious to find out what the outcome of these discussions today will be and the reaction from the 18 clubs when the AFL raises it on their agenda.
0: Yeah, I look at it from an NRL point of view. um, And I think... It's a tricky one because at the moment we've got the 8th place, well, 7th place team on 24. The 10th place team is on 21 points. Now, that's pretty close, but there would be years where there is a bigger gap uh, than that, and there may still be uh, come the end of the season. Uh, To to me, I I understand the idea, but for mine, Matty, I just think if you've made the top eight, you've done what you've been told to do and what has been the rules for a long time. Now, obviously, uh, if that has changed, it's not just going to come as a surprise and they're not going to tell you the week before, but... Yeah, I, I I like the top eight format. I, I think it's a good one. I think maybe if uh, from an NRL point of view, if they extend maybe um, more teams, then maybe that will be a conversation to be had if we do get to a twenty team competition. But at the moment, uh, I think leave it. But I'll be very interested to see what the results are and if we and what happens in the trial with the
2: VFL and if it does ever happen in AFL world. Yeah, we trialed it in the under eighteen competition a couple of years ago as, as well, and. I think it was received mixed uh, from the clubs at the time mm. at that level. So, yes, we'll be curious to see. Now, as I let you go this morning, yes, Dan. Yes, yes. Your mates got involved with the Australian selectors, have they, after kicking <laughs> out the two Victorians from the fourth um, test? Must have, must have. And Dave
0: Warner still there. There was a bit of a question mark mm. on him being there. I thought they were always going to give him another chance, but I, I, I posed a question yesterday. They pick him, say, hopefully he doesn't, say he fails in this test and England win It'll be a hard choice for the next, the final test if it's two all. I can't wait for it to start again tonight. Looking forward to it. Hopefully the weather holds up in uh, Manchester. I know there's a bit of drizzle around, so hopefully it'll be okay. Looking forward to it,
2: Maddie. Yes, should be a great encounter. And, of course, you can hear it right here on SEN, right across the network or the SEN app. Of course, and I'll be listening tonight. You will be indeed, Mm. and we'll chat to you next week part-time. Not part-time. Thank you, Maddie. Have a good day. (laughs) (laughs) Part-time better group.
0: Ah, uh, Matty Cox in Melbourne. 0457 736 736 our text number. A couple of texts before a break, then Paul Dennett to preview the ashes. Frank says, Andy D is right. The Olympics are dying in relevance too. Complete waste of money. Frank the Tank. Uh, thank you, Frank. On the flip side of that, this is from Andrew. Uh, Yet states continue to bid for sports like Origin and F1. Just build temporary stands for the games. I'd love New South Wales to take them. That from Andrew. Keep them coming in. Uh, happy to hear from you. Would you Would you like to see the Common Games being rescued by New South Wales or Queensland? A couple of Texas in Queensland saying they don't even want the Olympics in Queensland. Do you agree with that? 0457 736 736. More texts in just a second. Calls welcome as well. 1300 0111 70. And on the other side of this, Paul Dennett from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast to preview the fourth Ashes test, which begins tonight. And you will hear it right across the SEN network. <laughs> Now on tradies news, let's get the latest in cricket. Wednesday morning, Tradies News in a nutshell. More of your text calls shortly, 1300-01-1170 or 0457-736-736. But, of course, the fourth Ashes test gets underway. Uh, Looking forward to it tonight in Manchester at Old Trafford. And to preview it all is Paul Dennett, who is online from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast. Morning to you, Paul. Morning, Dad. How are you going? Yes, very, very well. Have you caught up on sleep over the past week or so before we get going again tonight?
1: Yeah, big time. I've been in bed with the flu, um, <laughs> so I've had about eight days, um, day and night sleep. So I'm, 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 I'm raring to go. Finally.
0: Yeah, very, very exciting. Of course, two-one Ashes series at the moment. Of course, we did have, uh, and remiss of us not to mention it, the women are uh, winning their Ashes series uh, the other day. So that's, that was fantastic to see. But. Australia leading England. England obviously getting the win at Leeds. Uh, We are off to Manchester. I'll ask you about Old Trafford in a moment, but just set the scene for what is a really important test match. Obviously, uh, if Australia win or draw, they retain the Ashes. If England win, we go to a decider.
1: Yeah, it's absolutely so uh, excitingly poised. It's been said so many times. Australia hasn't actually won a series in England since 2001. If you'd said that to me in 2001, I would have laughed at you because by mm. then we'd just won series for fun in England. So uh, it's, it's going to be significant. Um, th- there's a, a level of interest in England that is uh, kind of unprecedented as well. Mm. Um, and the fact that the first three Test matches could have gone either way. It could be any score you want at the moment. So for Australia to be leading 2-1, um, it, I, I you know, I've, I've never want to sound unpatriotic on this show, but if the worst comes to worst and England do win this match, at least it will then mean that we go to the, the final test match with the Ashes all on the line. And we're kind of starting to feel, get a feel that we haven't seen in England since 2005, with it really sort of muscling onto the back pages aggressively. and it's um, Yeah, it, it's very exciting. And the standard of entertaining cricket is, um, is so sublime. The forecast is a bit dodgy, mm. um, and I think that, that's going to mean that... Um, I mean, it always is in Manchester, and True. it changes all the time. But at this stage... Days four and five look like they could um, be fairly heavily rain affected. So Ben Stokes, if you needed any excuse to be even more aggressive, we could see some funky declarations in this test match as well. Because as you said, a draw is no good for England. A draw in Australia retain the Ashes.
0: You mentioned the weather in Manchester. I was there last year for the Rugby League World Cup final. I got in on a Friday. Uh, it was drizzling. It wasn't anything bad. And they said it was going to rain all day of the Saturday, and I don't think it rained at all. It was actually a very nice day, Uh, probably not as nice uh, in November as it would be on a summer's day in July in Manchester, but a very special place to play, as are all the English grounds. But I remember um, walking from Old Trafford uh, tram station, uh, down past the Old Trafford cricket ground to the football ground, and they're not, for people that haven't been to Manchester, for people who haven't been to either the cricket uh, ground or the football ground, they're not, right next to each other. It is a five, sort of five ten minute walk, different to what you'd see, for example, in Sydney with Arlianne Stadium and the Sydney Cricket Ground, which are right next to each other. So really special place to play for the players and obviously anyone, any fans that may be over there getting the opportunity to be able to go.
1: Oh, absolutely. And I've done that walk in reverse, actually. Uh, ten years ago, mm-hmm. went to the football stadium, looked around, did the tour, went to the cricket ground and um, basically had to knock on the door and... They opened it up and said, no, the stadium's that way. And I said, no, we're actually here to see the cricket ground. And <laughs> they were so delighted. Mm. that I think like, the, C- the CEO basically gave us an intimate tour of the ground because <laughs> everyone turns up to see the, uh, the Manchester United ground. So that was, um, that was pretty cool. And um, it's, it's kind of, there's a feeling of, you know, like Lancashire and Yorkshire are the two, if there's ever going to be a state of origin in England, it would be those two um, uh, counties playing against each other. There's a sort of a New South Wales, Queensland mm. feel. They love their rugby league. They love their cricket, and it's a real shame that this is actually the last Ashes Test match in the North this decade, because 2027, there's nothing up North, and cricket's in their blood up there, so that's, that's a pity. The The atmosphere is going to be superb. It's the ground where Shane Warne bowled his famous ball 30 years ago. Mm. Um, in 2010, they relayed the pitch completely. They moved it 90 degrees, and ever since then, it hasn't quite suited the spinners as much, but... Um, I still think there's going to be something in there for the spin. So, yeah, it's a, it's a very special venue. Um, in terms of the um, the weather, you talk about the rain. Um, I, I think that the, the 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 job of being an English forecaster is the hardest thing in the book. So, it, it's looking ordinary, but um, yeah, things can change. I remember actually in the lead up to the Sydney Olympics that Manchester was bidding as well, as well, and they they came out with a stat that Sydney actually gets more rainfall than Manchester. To which the reply was yes, but. When it rains in Sydney, it rains hard and then stops. In Manchester, it can just drizzle for, for a week on on end. Yes, and that's
0: hopefully what we don't see over the next five days. You mentioned, obviously, you know, the Ashes are always popular. Um, Australian TV figures, good. The England interest in it from the general public. Clearly, you're going to have uh, the English fans that support it uh, every test match they play. And I think the Ashes always generates a little more interest from maybe the casual cricket viewer. But TV uh, figures over in the UK... In just
1: the general interest has been really good. Amazing it has been. That uh, I think the stat that tells it all for me is that this last test match had one and a half times the TV viewers that the equivalent test match did four years ago. And mm. that was the famous Ben Stokes um, miracle victory at Headingley. Mm. On the last day of this game, two and a half million people in the UK tuned in, which when you consider there's no free-to-air presence, that's all pay mm. TV and it was up against Wimbledon and up against um, the the British Grand Prix, there is talk that if it goes to a, a fifth test match, that Sky, the, the pay TV company, might share the rights with a, um, a free-to-air company. So mm. that could be the first test match on um, English free-to-air from England since 2005. So that would be um, tremendously exciting. But yeah, those figures are are, are quite incredible.
0: Yeah, having spent a bit of time in uh, the UK is very good, their TV arrangements where they don't mind sharing things when need be. They'd rather not, obviously, but there are times when they do. And, yeah, having a lot of friends in the UK, they're loving uh, the cricket as well. I think clearly they'd want to get it to two all. And then I I, I don't think uh, – I know people want Australia to win, and I understand that, but if it does get to two all, the level of interest in that fifth final test, both here in Australia and the UK, it might reach heights that – we've never seen before
1: absolutely and it might convince some of the uk broadcasters that maybe it is worth getting on um free to air tv but yeah the perfect result is obviously um australia winning off the last ball in the fifth test to match the fifth test match to make it 3-2 um that would be the absolute dream And um, the way things are going, um, you wouldn't rule out anything. You wouldn't rule out a tie at this stage. No, that
0: that is true. Uh, Now, for Australia, Amana Labashain probably hasn't performed as well as people expected him to in the opening three test matches. So he's going to be a really key player for Australia. And I see they have named Jimmy Anderson, the England team,
1: uh, to take part in this match as well. Absolutely, and it's um, illegal for me not to mention that that will mean he'll be bowling once again (laughs) from the Jimmy Anderson end, (laughs) Mm. Uh, probably for the last time in a Test match, because he turns 41 in a couple of weeks. Uh, He'll he'll be 42 the next time England play a Test in Manchester. So uh, 182 Test matches this will be, only 18 less than Sachin Tendulkar. Absolutely incredible for a fast bowler. But he's been poor, um, really poor, Mm. in in the two Test matches that he played, albeit on pitches totally unconducive to his type of bowling, and he's been coming back from a groin injury. So uh, if he gets those manchester leaden skies, then he, he could be back to being as dangerous as ever. Lava Shane, um, I've, had a, I've had a look at his figures, and he's got lots of 30s and 40s in this series. Very, very reminiscent, and I love to get a Don Bradman reference in, of Bradman in 1934. Bradman never used to do that. He'd always get a big score, but started off that series with lots of 30s, well, Fourth test, Bradman got 304. Fifth test, 244. So if we can get that out of Labashane, then we're, we're looking good. But he has been apparently working um, hour after hour in the net. So has David Warner. But Labashain, um as always, outstaying everyone.
0: All right, final question, most important question probably. Who wins? Does Australia take it out and go to 3-1? Uh, does England uh, make it 2 all? And, of course, with the weather, the draw always on the cards as well.
1: Yeah, all three are very, very evenly poised. I. I I think anyone who predicts an outcome with this with confidence is, is probably lying. But I'll take a stab at it, and I'll say that I think Australia are going to get over the line. Um, I think that uh, Smith, Warner, and Lava Shane have been a little bit quiet, um, and I think that maybe we'll get a little bit more out of them this time round. And so. Tipping Australia to um, win and win the Ashes, but with zero confidence at all.
0: All right. We'll see what happens. We'll chat early next week after the fourth test, and we'll we'll know if Australia have retained the Ashes or not. Interesting few nights ahead, uh, maybe right into the weekend as well, depending how deep this test match goes. Thank you, Paul. We'll chat again next week. Good on you, Dan. Paul Dennett from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast, previewing the fourth Ashes Test, which begins tonight. Of course, you'll hear it here on SEN from Old Trafford. Six and a half to six, bit of uh, sports from overnight. England won the third Women's One Day International. Uh, they made nine for 285 off their 50 overs. Uh, it was affected by rain. Uh, they ended up winning uh, by 69 runs. So it ends up being eight all, actually, uh, the series Uh Overall, but Australia still retain the Ashes. Uh, in the football, soccer over in Perth in front of 46,266 people. West Ham beat Tottenham. Ange Postecoglou's first match as Tottenham manager. West Ham won that 3-2. A couple of texts to finish things off before breakfast. Uh, Yeovil Treman says, Hi Dan, tonight a start of arguably the best five days of TV sports watching for a very long time. The Ashes... The British Open, the Women's World Cup, yes, starting tomorrow night, the end of the Tour de France, the World Swimming Championships in Tokyo, and Daniel Ricciardo back in an F1 car. Throw in the NRL and the AFL, and I can see many hours in front of the TV and radio uh coming up that from the Yoval treatment uh, and this one from Rod he says hi Dan the blowout needs to be looked at max of 2 billion on the last few games this one to cost 7 with a few question marks please cyclist last night was upset because Bendigo doesn't get a velodrome Maybe they don't need a $100 million-plus velodrome. It does look embarrassing on a world stage. Thank you, Rod. Another interesting view on things. And Andy's been back in contact, Dan. No one is bidding for the Queensland Olympics. What does that say? Uh, the reaction has been big. It will continue on Breakfast in Queensland with Padden Heels coming up for Sydney. It'll be Vossi with James Magnuson. Tomorrow on the show, Chris Perkins will join us. And we will look at day one of the first of the fourth Ashes Test in Manchester with Australia leading the Series 2 Thank you for your company today. Breakfast for Losa News. I'll see you tomorrow morning from 5am.